Hello and welcome to the Presenting Complaint podcast with me, Adam Norton, and me, Dr. G. I was right on at that time. Yes, I think the All first the time. Ones. First time no, we've got it no. right. Yeah, yeah. The first time I got it right. Every single other episode I've been lagging, but that might be my trademark now. No, there we go. Yeah, well, no, you've ruined it. You've ruined it for yourself. Now you're like coming on time every time. Yeah. Uh, well, how have you been, mate? Big week for you. Big week for me. Yeah, I'm seeing patients again properly, which has been it's been it's been good. I've actually really enjoyed it. I think there's certain aspects to it which aren't actually really patient related, which are my main reflection from this week, which I'll talk about, which have been more difficult to get used to. But um, in terms of seeing patients, um, I've actually, yeah, I've actually really enjoyed it. It's really just been new patient exams. I've done a few extractions, which if anyone who nice. knows me isn't my favorite thing, and I definitely needed some help on them and uh, a few fill-ins. Um, my first posterior amalgam ever, really, um, yeah. which which was interesting, and I'm happy that that, that went well enough. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a good week, and we had our scheme induction again, which I'll touch on um, this Friday, so it was lovely to catch up with a few of my friends, and um, yeah, just kind of meet the people who were going to be looking after us, and it was actually really reassuring speaking to them, because I think, especially as we spoke about last week in London, seeing everyone together and with all the study days they were having, and I don't know if they were meeting their TPDs, and it, I kind of felt a little bit like, oh, like I've not really heard from my TPD. I'm a, you know, does, how does it kind of work in Yorkshire? But they were all super duper lovely, incredibly supportive, reassuring, saying any problems will be there for you. Um, you know, just and also like kind of like stand up for yourself in in the practice as well. If not, you know, not that when, but if kind of they might be cutting your um appointment times down or if you're having any problems firstly stand up for yourself but secondly we're there for you and we know that primarily this is a training year and don't forget that that you know you're there to train you're not there to them to, to kind of push you to do whatever they want so yeah lovely week and um yeah very, very excited for um for next week and to keep seeing patients and just get into the rhythm of, of things really that's that's such a positive start, Adam. I love that. That's great to to be in your first week. How was it? I'm guessing. You, so, did you start on Monday? Started on Monday. Um, three How patients. You, did you get any Sunday scaries? How were you on Sunday? Oh, um, no, not really. I, I I was okay. I think. Um, I I I didn't I didn't know I didn't know what the patients were going to be, but I think I mean I I was told I'd have an hour for all my exams, and I don't nice. think I use the full hour but i actually think and is what what my main reflection from this week is is just not having good enough systems to make sure i was comprehensive in within all of my exams especially at the start and i think it's it it, it's a little bit i don't know if overwhelming is the right word but you're kind of like thinking of so much in the beginning you're thinking how am i coming across to the patient and i think a, a little bit i was thinking throughout it am i moving quick enough which is a, a really silly thing to think but i i know I was a, I'm kind of new to the job and they're probably used to an exam taking 20 minutes. So like, as yeah. I'm charting the teeth, I'm thinking like, you know, you go to the dentist, you go eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, one, yeah. and, I'm two. and I was like, I'm going like blowing the teeth going and looking at it for like three minutes and going eight. And, uh, oh no, no, it's a seven. And then, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, like the patient must think I'm really slow, which, which actually isn't an issue. And, you know, definitely take your time. Cause I think when you rush, that's yeah. you know that's an issue but it, it yeah. actually the what i'm talking about with the systems was more like um in terms of treatment planning i felt like i was because at uni we have um 
you'd send the patient off to get to radiography, they'd have the radiographs taken, and then you'd get the radiographs back and you'd spend maybe five, 10 minutes with the tutor talking through the x-rays, creating a treatment plan. And then when you're ready and you're happy with what you're gonna to present to the patient, you're happy with your diagnoses, bringing that patient back in and then being really confident, really assured in exactly what you're going to do, what the kind of risks are, what the treatment plan is, when you're going to be seeing them next, formulating everything. And then even you probably then sit for another half an hour once the patient's left and write out loads of notes. Everything is very systemized and it means you don't um, miss anything. And that gave me, I think, a lot of confidence for every patient that I was on top of it. I was doing the right things. And I think what I was doing is obviously we take our own x-rays now. I was kind of seeing the x-ray, getting it on the TV in front of the patient, reading the x-ray in my head as I'm presenting the treatment plan to them. And then kind of saying, oh, you've got Kerry's here, Kerry's here and this. So you you need like, you need three fillings and a bit of a scale. And it all was just, it felt a little bit messy. And I think obviously as the week went on, I've kind of adapted and just slowed down a bit and also speaking to my sister so if people don't know my sister's a dentist she's only a few years older than me and she was just saying just slow it down and if there is a lot going on for not because some patients you can treatment plan if they've got one a little bit of decay and they've got two bpes they just need a scale and a filling but if there's more going on most likely they are going to need a scale in two weeks and just say there's a lot going on in your mouth i'm going to bring you back in two weeks for a scale and I'll also in that between that time be having a look at your x-rays and we'll come up with a plan together at the next session. Is that okay? And that just gives you so much breathing space and takes so much of the pressure off, which I kind of felt like, again, almost proving myself to the patient that I do know what I'm talking about, that I needed to treatment plan and diagnose and everything in that first session and just get everything out at them when that wasn't really the case. And I think that mm. this will then just hopefully allow me to be a bit more systematic and a little bit more confident that I'm not missing silly things like, you know, am I giving them fluoride varnish? Should, should I have given them jaw fat? You know, what's their caries risk? What's their perio risk? Am I following the BSP guidelines? Am I bringing them back in three months, in two weeks? Do I need to do mm-hmm. a detailed six point pocket chart? And it's a lot of these things that at uni, because it's all step by step and you'd probably do your exam, you'd bring the tutor over and the tutor would be asking you the right questions to inform your next steps. The tutor would be like, you know, oh, so, you've found this, 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 and this, what are you going to do now and why? Whereas you've kind of got to do all of that in your head when you're also thinking of a lot of other things. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of my main reflections from yeah. this week. That's amazing that you've already sort of, you've hit so many points that for me, I hit at different times, but definitely later than the first week. So that's, you're actually doing unbelievably well. Um, a couple of things you said there that I, I implemented at all my exams is the whole, you know, whether you really should go in sort of always thinking that you're probably going to need a scale, you know, Mm -hmm. and the way you you said it, that if there's lots going on and just saying, well, I'm going to get you back in anyway. Um, and we're going to give you a nice clean because we need to make sure your brushing's on point before Mm -hmm. we start any work, because there's no point trying to save these teeth when the other ones are going to go down as well. So that is such a standard spiel that you can take into each patient Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's a time, time buyer. Like you said, like you've got all these things on the x-ray and like, Oh my goodness. Like I've got another patient coming. I've got all these notes to write. Like, let me, let me give myself a little break here. I'll write some notes and then I'll I'll see those x-rays just before lunch or something like that and Mm -hmm. make a proper plan. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Also, I just recommend either send well, in DFT, you shouldn't be sending to the hygienist. So I recommend doing a scale for all your patients anyway, mm-hmm. especially if it's one where you're thinking that tooth looks barely restorable because the amount of 
space you gain for yourself for a class two, a deep, a deep interproximal lesion, just by reducing the inflammation of the gums is crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're not just reducing the inflammation of it, you're also reducing the bleeding of it and everything. So that you that was a, a massive thing you already touched on that, you know, don't be afraid to get them in for just a scale. Mm-hmm. Um, or or if you have time that exams get it done there so yeah. you're gonna thank yourself so much whenever you start tackling the fillings mm-hmm. and um there was another thing you touched on about the exams and sort of you're so right whenever you first start you've almost got so many areas you want to develop in and you mm-hmm. feel like you need to develop in but you can't tackle them all at once so yeah. start with the, that's why I, I think it's really good actually that you do loads of exams so first because exams. you can focus on those. Agree. You do tons, you really do, but and you'll get bored of them. But it's really good because you, you need to just nail that. And we talked about that last episode that the exam is the most important part of any dental treatment. And once you nail that, everything else falls into place. So, I mean, you smashed it. Uh, I, I'm sure you're making use of it. It sounds like, but you touch on sort of having template notes and that's, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. A lot of people say, be very careful with template notes. And I agree because they're saying, be careful that you don't just make a click box and say that you did this and that. No, mm-hmm. make a template notes of sort, sort of presenting complaint, medical history about, uh, you know, all that stuff mm-hmm. in a nice, 100%. clear, concise way. So that you don't was, forget anything. That was something I had to adapt to and actually made my own template really based on what I was used to at uni because I went into practice and their template for their exam and I just, mm. I mean, I said, I said to my yes, and this, I mean, he said, just, you know, if you don't like it, make your own bar, but it just felt a little to me anyway, and he's used to it and he works and it's not a bad template. It's just in a different order to what I was used to. And I was like, it's got like, um, E or OE, which is on, on observation. And that was like above intro all exam, intro all exam. And I was like, why is that there? And then I'd come back and I was yeah, like, yeah. how am I like, there's caries grouped and there's perio groups and it obviously each to their own everyone can do their own notes and as long as it's written down it's fine but it just felt really foreign to me and that was also something that i think then made it difficult for me to um put treatment plans together and be confident that i'd not missed anything and i hadn't missed checking the occlusion and i hadn't missed you know all these different things that are part of a a comprehensive exam which especially when we have the time to do there's no point not doing and cutting corners especially at the start so yeah definitely the notes template um, yeah, and don't be scared to just make your own and, you know, just tell your nurse. I mean, um, even implementing something like Socrates, I, I, this week I taught my nurse Socrates and what each one meant. And if when I was taking a pain history, because I saw a few emergency patients, you know, how I'd like that to be set out in the notes and what each part meant. And, you know, it's just, I guess, like we, we talked about last week, being proactive with it and making it work for you as well. Yeah, smash that. And then again, You've, you've demonstrated how to utilize your nurse appropriately. And a lot of people, and I was guilty at start as well, would just go in and just try to do them all themselves and be very inefficient at things. And well, fact of the matter is, depending on how long your nurse has been there, they actually might know a bit more dentistry than you do. I'm sure mine does. I'm sure she does, definitely. Yeah, you, and she knows the patients incredibly well, which is another part. Isn't it? Um, and, yeah. you know, she almost kind of warns me or doesn't warn me or said, this person's lovely or, you know, maybe this one isn't going to turn up today or whatever, you, you know. She, they can she, get a lot, yeah. Even uh, and, and that is a, is a thing that I was very interested in for a while in reading up on the link between dentistry and Alzheimer's and, and dementia or Alzheimer's mm-hmm. dementia, big, big umbrella term, isn't it? And how 
frequent dental visits is huge for spotting that and and you just see that straight away because these nurses know people nurses receptionists you know people who've been there for a while know these patients inside out and i'm and i had so many times where my nurses say to me oh did did uh, that did she seem a bit odd to you because i've seen mm-hmm. her before and and you know i hope she's okay something doesn't seem right and things and, mm-hmm. and that gives you you almost want like say they say that before or my nurse would would very well we've got like a a spare piece of paper we would write and then dispose of appropriately in a confidential way. So at the end uh she would write any concerns she had and said like oh, check this or if i've forgotten oh. something or does you know does he smell of alcohol or something like that you know things like that 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 actually because i'm so focused on my own thing i don't pick up on mm-hmm. which is absolutely invaluable every time my nurse wrote something it was it was yes. right mm-hmm. and if it wasn't right at least i was doing a check and that was a very professional way i thought of doing it as well it, it was never sort of talking behind the patient's back it was it was always can you check this mm-hmm. for this patient because i noticed this and you know so you're doing so well already utilizing your nurse uh, I'm actually just quite impressed. You're, you're no, doing, I appreciate you're doing it, it's, it's, I think I'm always, and I think this is, try, and this is the point of this podcast as well, is just making sure you reflect. And obviously the, as you know, yeah. the e-portfolio does a good job of, of yeah. making sure you do that. But I think, you know, it's asking yourself the right questions. And there was, I, can't, I think it was something on Instagram I saw and it was about mm-hmm. um, fitness. And it was just saying like, ask yourself at the end of the week, um, you know, what can I do for this next week to be, in better shape or stronger or more athletic than, mm. than this week. And I think as a, as a dentist or a dental student or any kind of professional, if you can ask yourself, what can I implement or change or do for next week to be better? And it's only kind of 1% or 0.1% or it's just changing one thing. But as long as you're getting better than, than you were last week and you're always improving and um, I think it's, it's difficult to go wrong. So I, I think I'm very self-critical on one end and, that's yeah. not always the best thing, but I think I'm always just wanting to be like, um, you know, improving definitely. And that was something they also brought up on the study day is, you know, and it was hard because we, you, I kind of caught up with a lot of my friends on the study day and you meet a lot of people in, in your scheme, which is amazing. It was the scheme induction. Um, and you're comparing, you're like, oh, what's your practice like? What's your, yes, like, what are your yeah, nurses yeah. like? You know, what's your practice got? And, you, you know, oh, have, you, have you started seeing patients yet? Are you, you know, are you, oh, you did an extraction or how was that? Oh, you did, you know, um, and you're comparing a lot and it's it's very easy. And the, the scheme guy was just like, stop it. Like, there's no need to compare. Just focus on yourself so, and just focus so on week by week by week, improving, getting better, staying on track with your e-portfolio, using your time productively and, you know, it, it, it's going to be fine, you know. Yeah, that's keep big progress. Big props to whoever was running your uh, study day there because that's mm-hmm. so true. And I wish someone told us that in dental school because I really struggled in fourth, fifth year uh, with that mindset where I was comparing myself loads. Well, I I never naturally did, but because then other people were doing it, then I would I did get involved in the end, and and it just mm-hmm. always made me feel worse. And and I woke up from it whenever my friend had finished their totals. And then doing all this other cool stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and I felt really jealous. Uh-huh. And as soon as I feel jealousy, I know that I'm in the wrong. I'm like, why the yeah. hell am I feeling yeah. like that? Like, this is my mate. I should be happy that he's finished and happy that he's actually practicing stuff. I should be happy for him. He's not impeding me by doing anything, you know? So, yeah. so that's so true. Like, just forget about it because you're all developing your own way. And we're not all going to be the same dentist and we shouldn't, we shouldn't mm-hmm. all be the same dentist. We have exactly. to work to our strengths. Uh-huh. 
and 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 work to our own weaknesses. People have different strengths and different weaknesses. Something you touched on, which is fantastic, is that whole you, you did this week. What reflect on it? What can you improve on next week? The the some usually difficult part of dentistry, but also the the way to look at it positively mm-hmm. is that after each exam. You've got another patient to to be like, like okay, yeah. well, literally that last patient I said uh-huh. this, and, and and I don't think they got it when I said that. So let me try saying it this way. Uh-huh. You can implement change so quickly in practice, which I, I think, think is why a lot of us miss it once we go into mm-hmm. hospital. Because and I think that's what I found exciting about this week because that is what I enjoyed. I enjoyed kind of going, okay, that was my first patient. It was a bit of a shambles. Okay, yeah, <laughs> what went right? What went well? What didn't go well? Okay, my second patient, my third patient, fourth, you know, and by the end of the you week, developed I, so you know, quick. Yeah, it felt, it felt so really quick. good and exciting to just put yeah. all these things that I'd learned into application. Whereas at dental school, it'd be, I mean, you know, say with three patients who didn't turn up, it could be another another week before you see a patient and then you're kind of back to square one exactly. in some ways. So, yeah, Not, no, I know you, I know you only just started, but having done this week and just exams, to be fair, you've done emergency as well, which, which is the other most stressful part as mm-hmm. well, eventually. So well done with the emergency cases. Thank you, man. But having started, would you agree with the previous statement I said, where I feel like once you've done your dental degree, you've only just earned the license to begin learning dentistry? A hundred percent, mate. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's strange having such um, what's the word? Having such responsibility because. I'm still missing lots of caries. I'm unsure if the tooth has got caries. I'm unsure on a hell of a lot of things. Um, and it still feels like there should be someone sort of my shoulder kind of guiding me uh, in that kind of way. Um, so, yeah, I think we're, we're just learning and it's, it's right at the beginning. And that was, again, reinforced on the study day that kind of... Yeah. It's, it's a training year and just be kind to yourself from the beginning. And, it's, you know, these first few weeks are a little bit of a whirlwind. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think that, yeah, we're, 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 we're little babies, as you said. And, you know, you're not, you just get the basics right. Get your yeah. kind of your BPEs even, make sure your BPEs are good. Mm-hmm. Get, take your time on your exams, dry the teeth, look out for, I mean, obvious caries and then kind of yeah maybe where you've not got cavitated lesions, just, you know, and it's all these little skills, which... And then my ES said, you know, he came in and you have to do your um, your DOPS, your observational yeah, procedures. Yeah. And I did my new patient exam one. And he was like, uh-huh. I wasn't expecting a, a perfect exam. That's not the point of what we're doing. The point is I come in, I watch you. And, you know, you know. then he did an exam on the patient straight after I did and said, oh, nice. was, you know, that carries. It was it was pretty obvious, maybe, you know, you should have seen it. But yeah, yeah. Um, but that's kind of the point is that now you learn from that and, you know, you can implement it into your next patient. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's so again, you're, you're getting such good advice so early on where that you're 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 not going to learn if you did it perfect, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it's almost like coming into uni again where you were at the top of the top and you come in, you're with everyone else again and your pride mm-hmm. gets knocked. It's almost like that. We kind of like, oh, maybe I didn't know as much as I thought I did. The really reassuring thing as much stress as you're in if you're ever unsure if you don't want to do things you can still act in a safe manner for example you were talking about some caries that you didn't know if the really is carry i know the long the longer you look into the radiograph i can look at a clear radiograph and yeah. i will make up something yeah. uh-huh. if i look at it long enough everyone does that that's the that's the whole point that's the whole science around black and white pictures your brain will put yeah, something there that yeah. it thinks should be there uh-huh. so if you're ever not sure just act safely you know so 
in an instance where I'm not 100% sure if that is caries, I will point at it. I'll show the patient. I was like, look, this over here kind of mimics what you would expect decay, never say caries a patient, obviously, yeah. decay to look like because they'll mm -hmm. think they've got cancer. So um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say something like that. I'd say, uh -huh. look, this, here's your extra here we just took. Thanks for letting us do that. Now, usually, this is kind of what I'd expect for decay to be. But to be honest, you brush really well. And I didn't really see too much in the mouth. Mm -hmm. So I'm not 100% sure, to be honest with you. If it's okay with you, I'd like to book you back in three months. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm going to teach you how to brush your teeth exactly, especially to focus on this area. I'm going to give you some stronger toothpaste with fluoride yeah. in it. And then I'll see you back in three months. If I'm thinking that maybe actually that is something then in three months you might need a filling but mm -hmm. i'd rather not touch a tooth that doesn't need decay yeah until i'm sure about it and usually the answer is oh okay yeah me either obviously people don't want work done yeah. but you're also not doing that whole supervised neglect which was a term i only learned in in when i started fd where supervised mm -hmm. neglect is basically you know that there's a problem there you know this person has stage three grade four b periodontitis and they need a clean but you're saying oh you know what we'll, we'll do it next time and stuff like that that's uh -huh. supervised neglect yeah. but this expressing your uncertainty uh -huh. is not supervised but, neglect mm -hmm. and i think that's that's what i was saying it was kind of just and i think it comes with experiences you've had is just being able to slow things down and kind of tell the patient you're not sure and i think i was almost scared of doing that at risk of because I, I look young, I am inexperienced, maybe it was a longer exam that they used to in kind of losing their confidence. And it's just, you know, but no, like you can be uncertain and you can kind of say, I'm not sure, or we'll bring you in in two weeks and we'll look again, or we'll recall you in three months. And like you say, give the, obviously the correct oral hygiene instruction for them to look after it, put the preventative measures in place. And if there is, um, you know, in whatever, when, if they're whatever, in 12 months or six months, take some more bite wings. And if there's a bigger radiolucency, then it's yeah. scary and um, if there's not one then it's fine it's and, great. and then you've yeah, saved we didn't yourself touch it. <laughs> yeah you've, you've not touched it so yeah definitely exactly you touched on such a very briefly you touched on a, a huge point that basically your point was looking too young and things like that being judged things like that mm -hmm. now me and you we're gonna have to recognize our uh our privilege where we're yes large bearded men yeah so we're actually quite lucky in that we uh -huh. instantly do get the trust of a lot and i think we were talking to some people but it would be really good to to get a guest on uh such as a female that looks mm -hmm. younger because with my scheme friends all of them like when we were in uh, one of our study days, it was a really good study day it was it was about a month or or two i think it was a month in and we just literally sat around in a circle and just explained how it's been so far mm -hmm. and it was like a nice trauma dumping yeah, session you know yeah. but one thing i really couldn't relate to anyone like i said because of our privilege was that was someone coming in and just questioning your just questioning your qualifications as a start mm. like i've never had to be like oh no don't worry i'm a qualified dentist i, I graduated here i can yeah. show you my certificate yeah, if you want definitely. which which i would feel very especially at at, at such a young point in my in, dental in career, moment. I would have felt very panicked, sort of being questioned of my legitimacy before I've mm. even started. So that would be really good to sort of get a feel on what other people's experience have been um, who do truly go through that. Or I, 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 I well, we'll talk afterwards. I, I do remember we were talking about a guest that might be able to help us with that. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, so mate, you, second week of, of DCT, 
Um, you said you were enjoying your first week. You, you, you didn't, you felt um, kind of empowered by a lot of the consultants around you. You had a lot of support. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of how's that continued into this week? T- to be honest, mate, like the same. It, it's really Amazing. crazy. I, I, I am having such a, a good time. I do miss the good parts of practice. I, mm-hmm. I really do. But I'm having such a great time. I really do feel like I'm learning a lot. And I've got a bit of that fake it till you make it thing where I'm sitting there with, so I'm sitting there in oral med, for example, and I'm working with the consultant mm-hmm. and they said, oh, here, you can take this. We have a debrief of it. And then I sit down and I talk with the patient. And I always say at the end of it, I said, so I'm going to do the checkup for you. I, I understand you've been referred here by your dentist or your doctor and they want us to have a look at this. Does that sound right? Yes. Okay, great. Well, what I'm going to do, I'm a dentist here, fully qualified, but I'm not a I'm not a consultant level, so I'm going to do mm-hmm. the whole check. I'm going to tell you what I think, but more importantly, at the end, I'm then going to get the consultant in and you're going to get the writer answer. And yeah. it's so weird to think that the people I was referring to could have just been me seeing the patient. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and when you're on the clinic, I, like when you're in practice and, and you'll see it soon, Adam, especially for things like oral med and maybe some oral surgery stuff, you look at something and you know the most common answer of what it probably is, but your head gets full of all, all these things. And yeah. then all of a sudden you're blabbing this to the patient. Like, why the hell did I even say that? Like, <laughs> I've just overcomplicated. Like they were, they were already going to go to the oral med. Like, I shouldn't have said anything else. But mm-hmm. when you're on the department and you say it, you're like, it, that whole thing of common things occur commonly kicks in for some reason. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, well, that's obviously this. And I go, like, I had a patient referred in for all med and all these symptoms sounded like crazy, like parotid stuff going on. And then I looked in the mouth and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's just pericornitis. <laughs> and then and then I got the consultant over yeah. and then doing my whole thing while he's looking in the mouth and stuff. I'm saying, well, presenting complete was this, extra oral was this, intro was this. And I'm just listing off. And then he just stops me halfway. He's like, do you think it's pericornitis? I was like, yeah. He's like, cool. Right. Send a break. break. <laughs> So, so it's really interesting how much of an impact setting can have on your, yeah. on your, on your dentistry is something I realized uh, this week. But again, I'm, I'm because really you think maybe it. in, in practice, you would have just thought definitely pericoronitis or. or just... I can't, I can't, I don't want to comment on that one because I have my own opinions of that one. Okay. A lot of things get referred in. I'd, I'd say if you ever think you're referring in something stupid, don't because we rather it was it's something checked. stupid. I rather it was pericornitis than something crazy, you know. And and the patient's not like, oh yeah, that stupid dentist like refer thought it was this. No, no, because you'll communicate to them like it's probably this, but I just want to be safe. That's fine. Like you're not wasting. That's the whole point of referring someone's because it's past your level. You're mm-hmm. not comfortable with it. Let's be safe. That's fine. So, but what I was referring to was that whenever you, when I, well, this is for me anyway, whenever mm-hmm. I'm just in a room alone in practice and I see something that's probably like a mucosal, okay, mm-hmm. but it's massive and actually it doesn't really, it's not, they're not always exactly like the textbook and you have no, I think oral med knowledge as well. Not I think, I know oral med knowledge, knowledge across most unis is very poor mm-hmm. and your experience and your actual exposure to all med patients is, is, is limited yeah mm-hmm. so that's why there's so many things that pop up you know like you see like a dark like it's, every time it's like an amalgam tattoo like you see an amalgam tattoo and you're like okay mm. it's like there's amalgam beside it he they said 
that oh yeah that's been checked as a Michael tattoo and you're still like thinking like oh yeah but could it be like a Mel Malik Macchio or like yeah is yeah, it gonna be yeah, something yeah, bad yeah, yeah. you know and, and by the way just if anyone's wondering that if you see something like an amalgam tattoo don't refer it unless it will refer it if you can't take an x-ray of it if you can take an x-ray of it take an x-ray of it because then that saves you and the patient a referral um if it comes up with a little white spot and you're like sick easy yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. some work yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, send me where i'm i yeah. definitely enjoy the lazy life so yeah. you can send it you know you can send it mm-hmm. uh but i've yeah i've been enjoying it this week especially i enjoyed I enjoyed my old med a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw loads of mucus seals. I saw loads of uh, loads of lichen planus, mm-hmm. which was it's and you'll get this with caries, but I've already seen enough to sort of just glance at it and be like, oh, that looks very yeah, like, much like this. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen lichenoid reactions to amalgams with uh-huh. a sort of target. Like, how does it work lesions. for you in terms of is it? Six months oral med and then six months oral surgery. Is that the it the is? Setup? Yeah, every 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 sort of um, DCT. Post. Every DCT is different. Uh-huh. Yeah, every post is different. Exactly, that's the word I was looking for. But in in my one and the most of the ones in Cardiff, if you have multiple, then they will try and give you a six months in one, six months in another. It's good because you get to do so much in those six months. So mm-hmm. because it's six months, six month, that means I can do oral surgery oral med and restorative which is great so i'm doing oral surgery and oral med first and then in the next six months i'm just doing restorative um Um, whereas if you were to do a full year then you probably wouldn't be able to go into as 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 many specialties as that so the good part of doing six months six months that you get to see more the bad part is that especially for something like restorative where it's a really complicated case Mm -hmm. it's gonna it might take you more than six months to to do something and and you know so you might not actually see the super complicated cases the whole way through so that's an annoying part but then Mm -hmm. but then i think dct one's all about especially at what point we most of us are in our career i think dct one is all about dipping your toe into everything and finding out something And, and on that note adam I don't know if you want me to talk about this time or, or well, not the next episode because actually we have a guest which we'll jump on to at the end. Mm-hmm. But I would like to clarify to people what DCT and, and MFDS is because there's been a lot of confusion and a lot of it's not it's just not really touched on whenever no, you're in 100%. uni. I mean, to be um, honest, I I don't think I'm 100% sure. On cool. It, so cool. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, let me go straight into it. So the definition, so we'll start with DCT. Now, DCT stands for dental core trainee mm-hmm. okay it's it's uh what's the word what's the opposite of compulsory my goodness it's a voluntary yes. uh, o- thing you optional. can take up it's optional there we go it's an optional thing it's not voluntary actually because you get paid sorry it's optional <laughs> it's yeah. an option yeah well, don't do this if it's voluntary it's an option optional course that you can basically take that pretty much always takes place in a hospital setting if not a community setting um and the definition of it is somewhere it's it's basically up to three years you can do so you can do dct one two and three mm-hmm. some and and those that that's max you can do three years of it and it's to give you a chance to upskill and to to reinforce some of the skills that you have and to also learn new ones through getting experience with consultants in of the specialties not yeah not all at once but through different specialties in dentistry uh-huh. so that can be your restorative your special care your old surgery your own medicine your max facts your uh uh 
community hospital work, peds, all of them. Obviously, the way it works, it how you sign up for it is exactly the same as foundation training, mm-hmm. where you That's go JT through OEL. Interview. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and that usually takes place just after Christmas, where you sign up. It's not long and to not long to decide, is it? It's not long to decide, which is but why. And that, this is the main it, thing. First of all, anyway. yeah. The, the last thing to touch up on before I get into that is that to do your specialty training, okay, you do have to have done at least two years of DCT. That is a minimum requirement if you want to do specialty training as a part of the national recruitment. So if you want to be mm-hmm. a restorative consultant, a, a prostodontist, all that stuff, you need to have done at least two years DCT, okay? Now, when it comes to applying, you're absolutely right, Adam. It comes very fast. It comes mm-hmm. very fast. And the main question I get is, should I do it? Like, I don't know if, what I want to do. Should I sign up for it? The answer that I give everyone is, absolutely, you should sign up for it because it's free to sign up. You can stop your application at any point. You could have done the SJT and be like, you know what? Nah. You could have done the SJT and the interview then be like, you know what? Nah. You can then do the SJT, the interview and get your post, uh-huh. look at your post, say, actually, I'm not going there, then nah, again, that's fine. And then, you know, let's say you get your results two or three months before you end, you can get an associate position if you don't get what you want in a week, <laughs> if you really yeah. were pushing yeah. for it. So uh-huh. don't worry about it. So the answer is everyone, I think, in my opinion, everyone should sign up for DCT, it's free. And then by the time you've done all that, Along things the line, can, you'll know sort of where you're thinking. Things, things change a lot. Things change. Things do mm-hmm. change a lot. Not mm-hmm. only that can they, they actually do. Mm-hmm. So I would actually recommend as well, unless you're really struggling with the workload, which it doesn't give you too much, unless you're really trying for it, unless you're struggling with the workload, do see it out until you just get a post. Even if you know you don't care about it, just see what post you get. And um, then you'll know. Once you get the post, That's it's the same as foundation training i always told everyone that you only know if you've picked the right post until once you get your results when you get it you're like crap actually i didn't want to go to london you know why did i go all that way <laughs> so which is which kind of sucks but you'll make the most out of whatever you've gotten so that's dct okay mm-hmm. so so don't stress out too much about it just book it now you can also do courses for dct like foundation training like you said for the sjt for the interviews dct will have interviews I need to double check if that's the case, but it, I, it probably would because in interviews, they test a lot what's called clinical governance and, and, and other aspects, which I had no clue about. So I really benefited from, from doing a course and I did Sarah Nadja's course and mm-hmm. I, I'm going to make it real soon on Instagram. I'm not sponsored at all, but she is actually unreal. Like for fun, if you're a foundation dentist, you want to do a course, do it. If you're DCT, mm-hmm. you want to do a course, do it. Like it is quite widely accepted that she is one of the best and in my opinion the best course she's straight on it straight to the point very good at calming you down telling you what you actually need to know what you don't mm-hmm. and her record you know says for herself her herself has done the foundation um sjts the dct ones and dct twos because if you don't get it you can get sort of a two-year post where you mm-hmm. do DCD one into DCD two, oh, but wow. I'm pretty sure she did them separately. And each one, she's like top she's, ten, if not yeah. first. I think she's been first the whole time, you know. Yeah. And 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 one of them, she was like, I'm, I'm be making this up, but she was either recovering from pregnancy or was pregnant. So she has my Incredible. respect and she has yeah. my endorsement big time. Now yeah. MFDS, 
cannot remember what it stands for, but basically the MFDS is pretty much like a finals like exam, uh-huh. but it's in two parts. So part one is, like I said, a finals like exam where it's just all, it can ask you any question about dentistry. Okay. It's specifically, they use the DFT handbook to, right. to okay. so you, all your learning objects and stuff in DFT, which is basically everything you did in the finals. Yeah. yeah they use that. Um, and they'll give you an exam for part one. Then after you've done part one, you've got five years to do part two and part two is an OSCE and generally accepted that that is the harder part. Um, And the importance of MFDS is basically if you want to specialize again, you need it. Now I do think for some diplomas, if you're thinking about them, you actually might need to do it as well. So just to to get that right, if you wanted to be a specialist in any part of dentistry, you'll have to have done DCT one, DCT two and part one of mfds or both of them both you have to have the letters mfds will get you letters They'll i know but letters. part one and two of mfds yes yes you have or to have both. completed okay. it yeah okay. yeah and so yeah so that is a minimum everyone you're going as will have those at a minimum if you want to specialize mm-hmm. then after that you got to do a lot more stuff so but as a minimum you can't even apply if you haven't done dct up to dct2 and completed your mfds that's correct as far as i understand and this is as some people have spoken to me mm-hmm. about it is that the best time to do your MFDS is as soon as possible after finals because you've retained a lot of the knowledge or part one. Yes, MFDS. yes. But don't get stressed if you're not one of those people that didn't sign up. I believe it is. I believe it's the October sitting mm-hmm. because I I don't know how people did it because I couldn't have done that. Uh-huh. I didn't do the October sitting. I did one that I think was April time. Um, I basically, you've got two sittings in an academic year. So I did the later one, the one after Christmas. Now, if you did October time, it is absolutely fine because you do know it. It's not that difficult. It is actually just um, finals questions. And even whenever I did it in later on one, I think I, revi- and I'm not naturally smart. I do have to stick my head in the books to actually remember stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I revised just over two weekends, like not, two weeks of it i just did two weekends of it okay. and i passed fine um okay. and and it doesn't matter what percentage you get it's just a pass or fail mm-hmm. it's just a pass or fail now yeah. other key things about the mfds so we already know why you need it we touched on that why you would need it and what it would entail but i think it's really important to let you guys know that it costs a lot of money so i can't remember what mine was someone said 200 to me but i think that's that just played my mind because i was pretty sure I spent between 500 and 700 just to just right. to sit it. That okay. was part one. You pay the same and, again. And you, have part a, two. you have a retention fee as well, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. part one and part two, you have to pay about, I think, 700 wow. to, for both of them. As in 700 to do part one and then another 700 to do part two. Something that's ballparks. Okay, look it up. Don't quote me on that. But yeah. you're absolutely right. Then you need to pay again about 700 or something like that. A few hundred every year just to keep those letters. So there is the argument that if you're not going to specialize, what is the point of having it apart from chasing letters? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's such a difficult yeah. um, decision to it make is, again at this stage. Is, is, do I want to specialize? Um, I What kind of route is my yeah. career going to go down? And, you know, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to put specializing down, but I've spoken to a lot of dentists. And I think you, you mentioned the two dentists talk where they kind of gave mm-hmm. options away from a specialism yeah, where I you can achieve some of the things yeah um yeah but then you know who knows where you want to go and you know i might want to end up specializing and then you kind of backtrack into to to do this so yeah it's it's a 
it's interesting yeah. but that that really clarified it because i think i mean i think i'm pretty fairly well up on things and i did see obviously a lot of people in the year your year mm-hmm. basically who did mfds and i'm like yeah what are all these people rushing to do this yeah, example yeah. which costs if you've got a good pounds, it's, it's 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 an extra stress and you've just done finals but yeah i guess yeah. if if you want to do dct if so does it give you any advantage in applying for dct one or is it no, not particularly none. counted no none it doesn't none at, at all, all. Okay. it will ask you in the sort of when you're when you're applying for dct one it will ask you have you done mfds and you can say if you've done part one or whatever but mm-hmm. that doesn't matter at all for dct one now when it comes to dct two and three i think it might have more of an effect an namely three okay but but still i think now I might have to check. You might have to actually have done MFDS to do DCT3, but I, I need to double check. It's not something mm-hmm. that I'm and that's, very... that's a little while off as well, isn't it? I oh, guess. it's, it's ages but, away. But, but... And, and also, I'm not I'm not very confident in, in saying that. I think you can, you you might be fine, but um, I'm going to stop there because I really don't know that. Um, uh-huh. But just to clarify, I did do MFDS part one mm-hmm. in in the, the later one, so the April one, uh, because I initially thought that I was going to specialize for sure. In special care changed my mind as we talked to i talked about one of the first episodes mm-hmm. and i think because i've already started i'm gonna do it anyway because i first of all yeah i'll get a few more letters on my name that's nice and also it just i'm very much happy when i've left doors open sure. and i know i'm a kind of person that if you're a few more years in the future i do not want to be doing exams <laughs> so so yeah. i'd rather get them done now sure but there's but there's not you i think it's i think there's because dct you can just apply and then forget about it if you don't want it that's why the mfds is a lot more stressful because you've you've got some stake in it yeah. and and you see like you said you like see everyone else doing it around you yeah and it's, forget it's about if you it, certainly shutting the door but it's it's, it's not uh, at all it's uh it is kind of partially uh, yeah closing it, uh, in terms of your but at the same time like Especially like if you're going to, if you're thinking of, if you end your foundation year and think, actually, I do kind of want to specialize and you go into DCT, you've got so much time in DCT to revise for it. And you're in a a setting where you can ask questions and and apply that revision as well. Mm -hmm, So you're not at a disadvantage at all if you wait till DCT to do it, uh, just to make sure that you're sure about it. Because at the same time, when you're going to pay to apply for it, to do the MFDS part one, you're also going to pay your first little bit of uh, GDC attention i think that's yeah. in yeah on that note because don't do what i did where i was a bit lazy and but i actually i wasn't even lazy i didn't i wasn't told really that i could split it up in three months there is a way you can apply to split up three months which I, installments that's it which i actually after this i'm going to go do that because i yes, realized i think i might as well to be fair mate. yeah because it take because otherwise just before christmas or just after christmas uh-huh. i think it's just before christmas it's december it's a big hit you will be reminded don't worry if you if you don't know you will be reminded when you need to pay but that that itself i think is another 700 yeah it is like i think it's at least yeah. 650 which is which is yes. crazy and i think even uh one of the the tpds we had a talk from the gdc one of the tpds was kind of like oh have you kind of thought about maybe um Oh, it's gone reducing, up. Reducing, yeah, it reducing for foundation dentists who yeah. you know who are maybe a that bit would make sense, wouldn't it? at the start, and she kind of like said no. So yeah, ah, no, yeah, no, 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 no hope for no hope for us. Yeah, but yeah, just that's... before we wrap this up, I guess um, in terms of kind of you've had your first full week in hospital. How have you kind of found that in compared to 
to practice? Is there anything, I know you said that maybe the pace of practice is a little bit different, but is there anything else you've, you've particularly noticed or maybe in the future you're like, oh, I feel a little bit more comfortable in a hospital environment, a practice environment or, or nothing really like that? Another thing that I felt quite palpable is that everyone's their own kind of dentist and the kind of dentist I was in practice is I would like to build a lot of rapport with my patients and basically professionally be kind of mates with them mm-hmm. on a professional level. Yeah. And that's, that's still, I can still do that in hospital, but I'm not going to see that patient again. again. Really. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so that's difficult. Also the hospital does have a lot of room for the people that, you wouldn't want to say in practice so they're not the type that you would build a relationship with unfortunately uh-huh. so i that's a big thing i actually do miss the the, the people coming back really every build. every yeah because yeah. you get to know them you know and you, and it's crazy how well you get to know them because it, again in in full disclosure of, of everything this is the thing you can't talk about everything in one exam or a treatment or stuff like that with every patient you don't have yeah. the time for that yeah. you you do have the time and you should make the time to give complete informed consent about all the options but as you literally after six months just see or or maybe a bit more if you if so you make time for those patients that come back in six months for the review Mm-hmm. But you'll see that you'll be talking about, for example, a tooth that's missing, and you already know if that patient's going to be bothered about it or not. And then you already know, actually, like, I know they can't tolerate a denture. There's no way yeah. they're going to tolerate this, this, that, you know? Yeah. So so that's the things you build up on. So it's invaluable to to really build up good rapport. And, and again, you know, learn to do that. Because if you want to go into any aspect of dentistry, you need to be able to sell everything. You have to be a salesman. You have to sell yourself as a clinician. You have to sell your products, which is your work. And mm-hmm. you have to sell the, the the advice you're giving to them. Of course. So that you you really pick up in practice rather than hospital, which is why when you come to hospital, you'll see a few miserable <laughs> dentists that that sort of don't really, they have the luxury of not really putting so much effort in their communication. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's really interesting. I think that was always my thing with like the emergency department at uni and maybe mm-hmm. oral surgery as a whole, or a lot of the extractions we did is I never felt that same a kind of connection with the patient and or, or like yeah. taking the tooth out I didn't get that same kind of reward because yeah. I knew that I wouldn't get any or there wouldn't be a follow-up and I wouldn't see any of the of the difference or even not even me doing it maybe shadowing some of the, yeah, yeah. the, the consultant oral surgeons at, at, at uni when we did it's just like I, I don't know if I could see myself all day just seeing a new patient helping them obviously mm. get out of pain and they are extremely grateful and then never seen them again and yeah um, there's two know. sides of it and this is the thing and we'll always come back to this because there's a balance to everything the first mm-hmm. balance is the counter argument to that in in hospital for what i've said is although you can't make a rapport the really nice thing is actually you see patients who one or more dentists said actually i don't think i can do this for you and i'm gonna have to send you on so then yeah. for them to come to a place like well first things first we can help you. That's massive. That actually, mm-hmm. and that, and you do get such like shoulders drop and the patient, and everything. And they're so yeah. like happy and they feel safe, you know, so that you are able to do that, which is nice. The other balance to, to what we were saying about make, making that rapport, every, every, whichever direction you go, you're going to get something that is going to have to push you back towards the other end. Now, if you're someone that's going to be very abrupt and, and, not really make too much of a professional relationship with your patients well then you're not going to be too popular with most of them Mm -hmm. but on the counter argument if you are someone that like me 
who I learned very quickly that if I if I want to provide a professional rapport with my patients so that they trust me and I care about what they think, well, then I have to be prepared to work on not taking things home with me and because of that emotional investment. So For be sure. very careful That's when you important. do it. But you will just you'll just learn by doing it, you know. And if you come home crying, it's a sign that you've actually taken on a bit too much emotion too much. there. Definitely. But that is that is in context. If some patients told you, "Yeah, my whole family just died in a massive car crash," you're human. I think yeah, you should gonna, feel bad about that. You. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and then and I think the last thing I wanted to mention, and I don't know if there's similar opportunities in DCT, is at the study day. What was really highlighted is the kind of number of opportunities to. Um, kind of help people in the community, um, you know, whether that be um, Dentaid, actually, one, our, it's not our TPD for our scheme, but within the um, Yorkshire group is mm -hmm. the guy who set up the Bridge to Aid charity, mm -hmm. um, doing work in Africa, Tanzania, and kind of that whole area of going into schools, opportunities of doing, of doing that, working with homeless people, refugees. And I think this year, that's something I definitely want to get involved with. And I think you can, and especially... I'm probably not going to come across incredibly well doing this, but I think we can get so obsessed and kind of on Instagram, kind of seeing like, oh, I need to get better at my photography. I need to get my, you know, composites or my rubber dam or all that. But it, just being able to do a simple, good um, oral health examination and giving all hygiene instruction to, you know, it, it, is, it can be incredibly rewarding, incredibly, incredibly powerful to people who don't have, access to, to dentistry um so that, that was really kind of exciting for me to see the number of opportunities available this year as a foundation dentist to to get involved yeah. in them type of things it, the, all of those things are so eye-opening as well and i think mm -hmm. we probably have more scope of doing that out of the hospital setting because mm -hmm. you've got the sort of the flexibility of taking time off and and doing it yourself yes in hospital we're treating our own communities sure. But to extend that to, to communities that are super deprived is crazy. And one of our oral surgeons actually in the hospital is he's, he's quite anti-luxator. And right. his whole point is like, well, okay, if you're going to go to one of those countries and, and provide that treatment, do you think they're going to hand you luxator? No, they're going to give you one pair of forceps to take yeah. on every tooth. Yeah. And that's very eye-opening. So uh -huh. it does also teach you to be, it teaches you a lot of gratitude for the, the, the quality of dentistry we have in this country. Uh, so yeah, go for it. I, I down down south, I believe that there's also a lot of dent aid as well, mm -hmm. and and I know some of the programs actually have it in their rotation. And mm -hmm. everyone said, no matter what kind of dentist you set you are, everyone said it's it's, it's massively rewarding. So Rewarding. definitely get involved. I'd yeah. love to hear from that because I'm hoping to do the same um, in a few years. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So I think we mentioned earlier about having a special guest um, for the next yeah. episode. Um, so, you know, yeah. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about it. And oh, please. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. So when I started Foundation Dentistry is, is whenever I start. So last year is when I also started my dental accounts. I, I was waiting till I graduated till I started so I can have the doctor title in there and not jinx it. But I really <laughs> wanted to start it just to separate my personal account from the dental accounts I followed because it was playing on my head a lot. I couldn't just look at teeth all the whole time. I was being very self-conscious about it. So that's why I did it. Now, one of the first accounts that I followed happened to be Dr. Luke Levy, which we did mm -hmm. mention in the last podcast. And I've ended up following his stuff so much. And, and I said the last one is because I really respected how he worked in an NHS setting, but how he also dis 
I also really, especially in that time where I was very self-conscious with Instagram dentistry, which is definitely something I want to touch on, a topic that I want to touch on with him. But he really, it really resonated to me how he used Instagram to display his cases and and reflect on them mm-hmm. rather than sort of what I felt like most of the time was not people selling themselves, but to a point that I was almost, it was almost like, having love island all yeah. over your instagram feed and, mm. and judging yourself based on those pictures mm-hmm. but dentistry that's how i felt and, and i really think luke got me out of that hole and it was getting crazy to find out that actually he's got quite some mutual friends with me and he's not as far qualified as i thought he was mm-hmm. uh, as in not many years um mm-hmm. past fd as i thought he was so mm-hmm. i'm so excited to to hear him so we're going to be having him on next week all yeah. going well and I think it's going to be such a such a good episode because it's always nice to have guests on, like we had TJ on, and just to, yeah. to hear their sort of thoughts and and their experiences so far because there's so many different things to do. Definitely, no. I mean, when you, I mean, I followed him anyway before you you'd mentioned it, but when um, you kind of secured his his services for um, <laughs> next next week's podcast, I was very excited because you know his work for for how recently qualified he is is amazing um he offers his instagram and everyone should go and follow him um mm-hmm. it, it, there's so it's so one you can like you said learn from his reflections but also yeah. a lot of his posts as well are just plain clinical tips and clinical advice which you know for most of us we could go and try and implement tomorrow or well yeah tomorrow monday um for us you know, if we could on mm-hmm. a Sunday. So yeah, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very excited to learn from him and just kind of see how he's kind of gone from DFT to doing the the high level um, clinical treatment that he's doing now, working um, on the NHS and just how he's progressed in his career over the, the, you know, the first few years, which, you know, hopefully I'll be able to mirror as well as you, some of the, you know, the steps he's taken in that way. So yeah, um, it's going to be a really good episode next week. Yeah, can't wait. Oh, lovely. lovely catching up, Adam. Yeah, of course. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, yeah, please, um, again, be, get in touch with us. Let us know how your second week of either DFT, DCT, even dental school um, has gone since going back. Um, please rate the podcast five stars. And, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Yeah.